السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأصلي وأسلم على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين نبينا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن احتدى بهديه واقتدى بسنته إلى يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال جل وعلا في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإن امرأة خافت من بعلها نشوزا أو إعراضا فلا جناها عليهما أن يصلحا بينهما صلحا والصلح خير وأحضرت الأنفس الشح وإن تحسنوا وتتقوا فإن الله كان بما تعملون خبيرا صدق الله العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس منا من خبب امرأة على زوجها أو عبدا على سيدي أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Respected honored scholars, ulama, elders, beloved brothers, mothers and sisters and those that are listening over the receivers whilst the world continues to grapple with the wave of immorality that has been unleashed upon us by the internet and its likes and has had a devastating impact on both the fiber of our society and the institution of marriages, none can deny no doubt that talaq and divorce has become the order of the day. I read an article that suggested that the new trend that is emerging in the world is that children are now being raised by the grandparents. Children are now being raised by the grandparents. And furthermore, the author of the article writes, is that if you're having a parenting workshop, it would be in your interest to send a circular to grandparents than biological parents. And as the world is moving ahead, you know, the trend of the world, the immorality, the infidelity, that it's happening in the world. So he writes that if you're having a parental workshop, it might be in your interest to send a circular, you know, to grandparents than biological parents. Why the old people, they had a sense of morality in them. They had a degree of sanity in them. So they will abandon whatever it is to give time, priceless time to this priceless gift of nature. So what I'm saying, my brothers, this new generation that we see growing up today, you know, I mentioned this some time ago, you know, one brother, he had invited me. So I said, your son, what grade is he in school? He said, my boy, what grade? Grade four, grade five. I said, your own son? We don't take interest in the lives of our own children. I hope in these few minutes that we have, you know, I could add some value and I could leave you with some positive message. There would be a nikah that would be taking place after the Jumu'ah. So I thought something, you know, I was gathering my thoughts and Allah had put certain thoughts into my heart. And I thought I'd share it with you. What I'm saying, my brothers, is that what are the missing ingredients? When we study the life of the Nabi of Allah, the hadith that I quoted before you in the beginning, what did my Nabi say? The hadith appears in Ibn Majah. لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ خَبْرَبَ إِمْرَأَةً عَلَى زَوْجِهَا أَوْ أَبْدًا عَلَى سَيِّدِي That that person is not part of my ummah who provokes a woman against a husband. That person is not part of my ummah who provokes a woman against a husband. Now how does this happen? My brothers, you and I are living the semi-life of reality and the semi-life of fantasy. 
So what happens every time you log on to the internet and you have access to this website and that pornographic you know, website, what do you think? Do I still have to contend with this woman? There's something better on the other side. I'm afraid this very, uh, you know, this greener grass on the other side has only compounded the problem and shattered many a marriage. This greener grass on the other side, why do I have to contend with you? You know, there are hundred women that are lined up. And on the other hand, you would find that there are many women, you know, when things go pear-shaped in the marriage. You know, why I got married to you, I had a hundred other proposals. Be honest, my sister, they only proposed to you, you know, and you know, they only came to see you. Nobody here really proposed to you. When things go pear-shaped, you know, I don't know why I got married to him. Why I got married to a hundred women are lined up. I mean, that's not the quality of a believer. That's not the quality of a believer. What did the Nabi of Allah say? That that person is not part of my ummah who provokes a woman against a husband. To give you a typical example, you know, you have some visitors, uh, you know, the sister says, comes to the wife, you know, another man's wife, what are you doing in the kitchen? Saturday night, you know, I'm preparing food for the husband. You've gone mad, you've gone crazy. Saturday night, you're cooking food for your husband. I would never allow my husband to do that to me. I would never allow my husband to abuse that. What happened? You're planting that seed. You're planting that seed. Whereas previously people will go the extra mile in trying to preserve and to protect that marriage. You know this incident I made mention of it a hundred times on many platforms. I was writing, I was reading in the writings of the great giant Imam Abu Hanifa. Listen to this. In the time of Imam Abu Hanifa, there was a man who was married to this woman. So there was a verbal altercation between husband and wife. And suddenly the woman switches off. She goes into silent mode. So the husband is provoked by the situation. He's trying to get a response and an answer from the wife. So he tells the wife that, listen, if you don't open your tongue, by the time Fajr sets in, consider three talaqs pronounced. Not justified, provoked by the situation. He realizes the blunder. You know what, if the wife doesn't open a tongue by the time Fajr sits in, three talaqs take place. So the husband starts knocking the doors of the jurists and the scholars of that time. Nobody could give him a way out of the situation. So eventually he knocks the door of Imam Abu Hanifa. Imam Abu Hanifa says, you know what, this is a, you know, it's an easy solution. What's the way out? He said, what did you tell the wife? I said, if she doesn't open a tongue by the time Fajr sets in, three talaqs take place. So Imam Abu Hanifa tells the husband, all you do is, don't go at the time of Fajr, go at the time of Tahajjud. You know, one hour before Fajr, and call out the Tahajjud Azan, and see what happens. The husband goes to the masjid, one hour before Fajr, he calls out the Adhan, the wife runs out, he said, I'm out of the marriage. He said, it's only the time of Tahajjud, the time of Fajr hasn't yet set in. What I'm saying, my brothers, they went the extra mile. They went the extra mile in trying to preserve and to protect, you know, this marriage. They went the extra mile. I was reading in the writings of Sufyan bin Uyaynah, Allahu Akbar, you know, this great giant. So he says, this man says, I was sitting by Sufyan bin Uyaynah, and there was a man that came to him, and he tells Sufyan bin Uyaynah, I am the most disgraced in the eyes of my wife. I am the most downtrodden in the eyes of my wife. So, you know, this is the pious. You know, they went to the root of the problem. He said, is there any advice that you could give me? So, Sufyan bin Uyayna, you know, he was a visionary. So he said, my brother, let me ask you a question. What was the reason, why did you get married to this woman? 
He said, before you tell me, I'll give you the reason. He said, you were motivated by the social profile of this woman. You were motivated by the wealth of this woman. You know, like they say in English, on a light note, they say, if your father is poor, it's an act of fate. You can't choose your father. But if your father-in-law is poor, you're a fool. If your father is poor, it's an act of fate. You can't choose your father. But if your father-in-law is poor, you're a fool. So Sufyan bin Uyayna tells this man, I think you know, honestly, when you got married, you were motivated by the social profile of this woman. You were motivated by the influence, the wealth, and the affluence of this woman. He said, what can I tell you? That was the reason as to why I got married. What did Sufyan in Uyayna say? My brother, some are tempted by the bait of money. Some are tempted by the bait of beauty. Some are tempted by the bait of social profile. Sufyan in Uyayna, what does he tell this man? Man dhahaba ilal mal. Obtulia ila al-faqr wa man dhahaba ila ila al-'izza obtulia bi-dhulli wa man dhahaba ila al-din yajma'u Allahu al-mal wal-'izza ma'a din that person who is motivated by wealth Allah will test him with penury and poverty in his own home that person who is motivated by the social profile of that woman, Allah will disgrace you in your own home. But that man, when he gets married, he is motivated by the piety and the deen of that woman. Allah will give you the wealth of this world. Allah will give you the honor of this world. Allah will make your marriage jannat in this world and ultimately jannat in the year after. Allah will make. So anyway, this man, he says, I was sitting by Sufyan bin Uyayna. So he says, let me tell you. You know, I want to get married. One man was sitting and overheard this discussion. He said, you know what you are saying makes absolute sense. He said, Muhammadun akbaruna wa imranun asgharuna. He said, I've got, I am the middle brother. I've got an elder brother and a young brother. He said, my elder brother, when he got married, he got married to a woman based on a social profile. He said he's like a slave in that home. He's like a slave in that home. And my younger brother Imran, when he got married, he was motivated by the wealth and the affluence of that woman. He said, I don't want to get caught up and you know walk the road that they walked on. So he said there was a man that was sitting nearby. And he said that, what did my Nabi say? Give preference to the deen of Allah. He said, I, I imbibe these words. I got married to a woman who has deen in her life. I got married to a woman who has deen in her life. And he said, by Allah, years later he said, Allah gave me deen, Allah gave me dunya, and Allah gave me such izzat and respect in this world. Otherwise, my Nabi said, open the hadith of Bukhari. You get married to a woman. If the marriage is not based on spirituality, I'm afraid, my brother, down the line in this marriage, your wife will be wearing the rings that you had given her. She'll be wearing the ring that you had given her. Her hands will be laden with the bangles that you had given her. Open the hadith of Bukhari. One day you will tell your wife something, she'll become upset with you over a trivial wrong, and she'll look at the husband, and she said, Ma ra'aytu fika khayran qattu. You have done absolutely nothing for me in this marriage. 
What did my Nabi say? لو أحسنت إلى إحدى هن الدحرة You can be kind to your wife for one decade. Open the hadith of Bukhari. You can be kind to your wife for one decade. At once unintentionally by mistake, you would tell her something, she would become displeased with you, and she would look at you and she will say, مَا رَأَيْتُ فِيكَ خَيْرًا قَدْتُ I have seen nothing good in this marriage. I have seen absolutely nothing in this marriage. You know, so there was this man. What I'm saying, my brother, some are tempted by beauty. You know, when you, if a person will not look after his own gaze, نَزْرٌ فَبَتِسَامٌ فَكَلَامٌ فَمَوْعِدُوا It's a lustful gaze which is translated into a smile, exchange of phone numbers, and shattering of marriages. بِيَبَرْدَ حَسِينُ سَهُوَ تَنْغَ زَمَانَا بِيَبَرْدَ حَسِينُ سَهُوَ تَنْغَ زَمَانَا The Urdu poet says that the world has become corrupt with unveiled and beautiful women. اگر آن کو کتونے ان سے نبچائے If you will not divert your gazes from the beautiful woman, inevitably your hearts will be captured. Inevitably your hearts will be captured. Captured by who? By your brother's wife. By your brother's wife. By your own daughter-in-law. I mean my brothers, we're living in a sick society. Living in a sick society. What did my Nabi say? A the youth will never enter Jannah. Who is a the youth? A cuckold. Study this word from the English dictionary. The word cuckold refers to that bird that leaves its egg to hatch to hatch in the nest of another bird. That bird will leaves its egg to hatch in the nest of another bird. That is the condition of that man who doesn't mind his wife interacting and speaking to strange men. No, there's my wife. Your wife hugging another man. Another man hugging your wife and responding about it. And next thing you get up in the night, I'm not just thumb sucking. You know, these are issues in the community. Dead of night. I'm not thumb sucking my brother. It's a sad reality. I deal with these issues. You know, the husband busy on WhatsApp. 12 o'clock at night, the wife says, what's the problem? 12 o'clock at night, you're still on WhatsApp. No, no, I'm just concluding a business deal. So the next night, the wife is busy at midnight, you know, on WhatsApp. The husband says, what's the problem? What are you up to? She says, no, I'm just sharing some recipes with my friends. What recipe the wife is sharing and what business transaction the husband is concluding my brothers, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So nonetheless, there was this man. He was, you know, there was his neighbor. You know, like I always give this example on a light note. They say husband and wife, you know, married for 30 years. And the husband gets ill, admitted into hospital. So he looks at the wife and he said, you know what, if I die before you, I'm being admitted. Will you get married again? So she says, why will I get married? You know, my wife is living all alone, she's divorced. I just move in with my sister. So the wife asked the husband the question, what happens if I die before you? Will you get married again? So he said, of course, I'll also move in with your sister. I'll also move in with your sister. So one day husband and wife were sharing a light-hearted moment. So the wife says, you know, many of us, our wives are a bit more academically educated. So they're sharing a moment and the wife says, you know what? You don't know I'm married to you for 20 years. But I've got an MBA degree. She said, impossible. You MBA? I'm married but available. So what I'm saying, my brothers, is that uh, they say every, there is the perfect wife, the perfect woman, 
but the neighbor's husband has a. The neighbor's husband has a. My own wife depresses me. Another man's wife impresses me. Another man's wife impresses me. My own wife depresses me. I swear by Allah, if you will not guard your gaze, my brother, you can exercise your right of exercising the right of polygamy. If you will not look after your gaze, you can argue the right of getting married again. I swear by Allah, 100 women will make no difference to your life. 100 women will make no difference to your life. So nonetheless, this man, his gaze fell on his neighbor's wife. He was a man of high standing and profile. So he calls one woman and he said, do me a favor. You see that man's wife, I'm interested in her. So all you do is just broach the topic. You know, go and tell her, why is she living a life of poverty? You know, leave the husband, she gets married to me. She gets married to me. She'll have 10 slaves who will take care of her. Her hands will be laden with bangles. She will enjoy the wealth and the affluence of this world. I will adorn her in, you know, in silken garments. Now, this is what happens. You, pl- you know, you, uh, you're planting that seed. So this woman goes and says, you know what? You know, you're living with your husband. He gives you nothing. There's your neighbor. He's got everything going for him. Why don't you leave your husband and get married to your neighbor? What does this woman do? So suddenly the husband, the poor husband comes home. The neighbor's husband, no food at home. He wants to have access to his wife. She said, don't come near me. So the husband finds her strange that, you know what? Uh, I noticed this erratic behavior, behavior from you. What's the reason? What's motivating you? She said, if you don't want me, kick me out of the marriage. Give me my talaq. Let me move on. So the husband is upset and eventually he gets married to that, you know, he divorces his wife. That woman after the idda, she gets married to the neighbor. Affluent life, everything going for her. Open the books, what do the scholars write? What do the scholars write? The nikah takes place. They barely share the bed together. Allah blinded both of them and their hands have become paralyzed. What I'm saying, the so-called image of greener grass on the other side has only compounded the problem and shattered many a marriage. Shattered many a marriage. And this is the other issue. You know where husbands keep on throwing the threat of talaq at their wives. Listen, you know what, I'll, you know, I'll divorce you. I'll divorce you, I'll show you. Abdullah bin Mas'ud, one day he was sitting and somebody comes to him and he said, Abdullah, I have given my wife 100 talaqs. What's the ruling? He becomes so upset. He said, my brother, you keep on giving your wife talaq, and then you come to Ibn Mas'ud, Ibn Mas'ud, give me some ruling out of the matter. He said, let me remind you, my brother, three talaqs take place, the other 97 that you had given, Allah will deal with you in akhirah. Allah will deal with you in akhirah. This is somebody else's daughter. I always say this, my brothers, and you know, it saddens me, it saddens me. The nikah takes place and then a woman is abused. Sometimes the husband is emotionally abused. I always say many a times, we think that getting our children married is an exit route and it is the prescription to resolve the anger issues. That is only the stepping stone to disaster. You're going to mess up another girl's life. 
You're going to mess up somebody else's life. Learn to appreciate one another. Learn to appreciate one another. You know when we studied the life of the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did the Nabi of Allah say? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yaghlibna kareeman. Before I come to that, in fact I was reading earlier on, that Usman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, his wife Nailah radiallahu ta'ala anha, one of his wives, her fingers were chopped off. One of the saddest, one of the saddest days in the annals of Islamic history. So after Usman radiallahu ta'ala anhu passed away, what did she do? You know, she received multiple proposals from none other than Muawiyah bin Abi Sufyan, who was the governor of the time, one of the wealthiest men living at the time. She receives multiple proposals. What does she do? She removed her teeth. She defected her beauty just to give men the message. Listen, my loyalty to my late husband was so deep that I will never engage in another marriage again. I will never engage in another marriage again. Keep on throwing the threat. You know what? I'll get married to another woman. You can't stop me. I'll do what I want. Appreciate what we have. The Nabi of Allah said, what did he say? He said it's the nature of women that they would dominate a soft-natured man. Yaghlibna kareeman. It's the nature of women that they would dominate a soft-natured man. And a hard, a rigid, a very difficult husband will dominate over his wife. But what did my Nabi say? فَأُحِبُّ أَنْ أَكُونَ كَرِيمًا مَغْلُوبًا I will prefer to be passive, to be soft, and be dominated by my wife than to dominate over her. Now the sisters might be sitting back at home. I hope my husband is opening his ears. Hmm. But what did the Nabi of Allah mean by that? Not when he came to matters of dunya. When he came to matters of dunya, the Nabi of Allah overlooked. You know, he overlooked. Our mother Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says, I was traveling with the Nabi of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We came to a certain place. Now my brothers, you know, when your wife is going shopping, and she tells you one hour, you know what happens. You know, and I know what happens. So she, Aisha says, I went out, and I lost my pendant. And I told the Nabi of Allah, you know what, I lost my pendant. So Nabi alayhi sallam, he came, and we started searching and looking. The hadith appears in Bukhari. We couldn't find the pendant. So the Nabi of Allah was tired, he was exhausted. So he took his blessed head and he placed it on my lap and he dozed off to sleep. And uh, the Sahaba that were with, they couldn't tell the Nabi of Allah anything. They come to Abu Bakr and they tell Abu Bakr, you know what, your daughter, because of one pendant, she's delaying the entire group. Why don't you tell your daughter something? So the hadith says, وَلَيْسُ ala ma وَلَيْسَ ma'ahum ma." They didn't have wudu, and you know, they were traveling, there was no water available, and didn't have wudu. And because of one pendant, Aisha radiallahu anha, she said that the Nabi of Allah, he dozed off on my lap, he fell off to sleep. So Sahaba come to Abu Bakr, why don't you tell, him, tell your daughter something? One pendant, and she's delaying the entire jamaat. So the hadith says, Abu Bakr came to his daughter, and he had seen the Nabi of Allah, you know, lying on the lap of Aisha. وَقَالَ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ أَيَّقُولُ He gave her a mouthful. You know what uh, she says, in fact the hadith says, that Abu Bakr took his finger and he started prodding Aisha. He said, one pendant and you're delaying the entire jamaat. You know what I'm talking about my brothers, I don't have time to explore this. So nonetheless, Aisha said, I couldn't move. 
I couldn't move. The, the Nabi of Allah was resting, and my father is, you know, he's taking off with me, and he's prodding me on the side. Nabi Ali Salam opens his eyes. He said, Abu Bakr, what's the problem? No, my daughter, because of one pendant, she's delayed the entire Jamaat. Nabi Ali Salam said, Abu Bakr, take it easy. Take it easy. Don't you know when a woman is overtaken with emotions and sentiments, sometimes she can't see right from left, top from bottom. Leave her, let her calm down. Like I always say, the right of talaq has been given to who? The right of talaq has been given to the husband. My brothers, you know and I know, if the right of talaq was given to the wife, every one of us here would be divorced. Every one of us would be divorced. The right of talaq has been given to the husband, not the wife. So Abu Bakr, Nabi alayhi salam said, Abu Bakr, take it easy. But because one pendant, she's delaying the entire group. Nabi alayhi salam said, Abu Bakr, take it easy. In moments of desperation, Allah revealed the verses of Tayammum. Usaid ibn Hudayl, you know, he used to come to Abu Bakr. And he said, Abu Bakr, because of what your daughter went through, Allah revealed the verses of Tayammum. And Allah created that flexibility for the entire Ummah right up to the day of Qiyamah. What did the Nabi of Allah say? None has been more kind to his wives than I. Open the hadith, authentic narration. None has been more kind to his wives than I. You know, generally, you will base kindness to your wife on the house you provide for her. The car she drives, the clothes she wears, the food you put on the table, and the vacations you take her on. That husband who provides his wife with his basic essentials is taken to be a very kind husband towards his wife. The Rabbi of Allah did not make any financial contribution, or rather he made within his means. And he said, none has been more kind to his wives than I. Look at the, ho- the room that Nabi Ali Salam lived in. Aisha says, our mother Aisha, when Nabi Ali Salam used to read Salah, Ghamazan, he used to touch my leg. Kabastur Ijlaya, I used to take my legs in. He used to go into Sajda. When he used to stand up, I used to stretch my legs. Somebody asked her, what's the reason for that? She said, the room was so small, it could not accommodate me sleeping and the Nabi of Allah prostrating. And he said, none has been more kind to his wives than I. One day, one woman comes to the home of Aisha. And she had seen the straw mat. Uh, and she asked Aisha, is this what my Nabi sleeps on? She said, yes. She brings her own bedding. And then she tells Aisha, when the Nabi of Allah returns, tell him one of his female followers has made this humble contribution. And if you could kindly sleep on it. Nabi Ali Salam said, Aisha, what is this? Take this out of my life. If a person, one day Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, you know, put on a beautiful garment. And she was busy admiring herself. So her father Abu Bakr enters. Aisha, what are you admiring? So what's the problem, my dad? Don't you know Allah is not looking at you? Aisha took out a garment and she gave it in charity. What did the Nabi of Allah say? That that person who puts on a beautiful garment and they become obsessed with that garment. Allah Ta'ala does not... Allah does not look at them until they do not give up their pride and that arrogance. What I'm saying, my brothers, the Nabi of Allah did not make much financial contribution. But when it came to matters of deen, when it came to matters of deen, yeah, the Nabi of Allah didn't pull any punches. One day he comes, and Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, you know, she passes a comment. You know, amongst the wives, ask a man who is in a polygamous marriage, he would tell you and understand and relate to what we are saying. So Aisha passes a comment. And she said, you know what? You know, your wife Safiya, she's so short. There's no good in her. 
Nabi Ali Salam said, Aisha, what did you say? Oh, she's so short, there's no good in her. I'm much more beautiful than her. Nabi Ali Salam looks at Aisha and he said, Aisha, watch your words. Laqad kulti kalima la najasatil bahru. You have uttered such a statement which potentially could contaminate the oceans of the entire world. You know, one day Nabi Ali Salam tells Zainab that why don't you take one of your camels and you know give it to Safiya. You know, give your camels, you know, Zainab, uh, give it to Safiya. So, you know, she said, no problem. Take this camel and give it to the Jewess of yours. Safiya was the daughter of a Jew, Hoyayi ibn Akhdab. So she said, you know what, take this camel and give it to a Jewess of yours. Nabi Ali Salam said, be careful, watch your words. For two months, Nabi Ali Salam didn't speak to that wife of his. Nabi Ali, when he came to matters of deen, the Nabi of Allah drew the line. You know, one day the Nabi of Allah is sitting when affluence had, had opened up to the Nabi of Allah. Open the footnotes of Jalalain. So the wives come to the Nabi of Allah. Umm Salma, she said, Oh Nabi of Allah, you know, I want better curtains. Umm Habiba, I want a better home. Allah Ta'ala revealed the verses of Quran. If you want this dunya, Allah would give you double of what you ask. But remember from this point onwards, my, the nikah with my Nabi and you terminates. Nabi Ali Salam said, it's your choice. They said, oh Nabi of Allah, we want you, we want you, we want you. But that was the nature of the Nabi of Allah. You know, one day Nabi Ali Salam, you know, Hazrat Umar, I'll just end on this. Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he's sitting with his wife. And his wife back answers him. She tells him something. So he said that, you know what, you're back answering me. Don't you realize who you're speaking to? So she said, you know what? You know what, your, uh, your own daughter back answers the Nabi of Allah. So Umar tells his wife, my daughter back answers the Nabi of Allah. So Umar, he goes to his daughter. And he said, Hafsa, you know what? Your, your mother, my wife is telling me that you wives back answer the Nabi of Allah. So uh, the wife, the, the daughter of Umar tells Umar, but you know what, we back answer him, but the Nabi of Allah is easy with it. He said, listen my daughter, I don't want to ever back answer, hear you back answering the Nabi of Allah. So Umar, what he does, he goes to the other wife, Umm Salma, behind the curtain. And he said, Umm Salma, my daughter is telling me that you wives back answer the Nabi of Allah. So Umm Salma was a very vocal person. She said, Umar, you know what, that's between us and the Nabi of Allah. Stay out, stay out of our marriage. Stay out of our marriage. So what did the Nabi of Allah do? He was very tolerant husband, very accommodating. My brothers, there will be ups and downs. Learn to overlook, learn to forgive. Learn to overlook, learn to forgive. If you cannot forgive, it becomes very difficult to reconcile. Like they say in English, women are not meant to be understood. Women are meant to be loved. Understand the deeper meaning of that statement. Women are not meant to be understood. They are meant to be loved. My sisters that are listening, my message to you is, those that are married, the best thing that you can do for your children is love their father. My brothers that are here, the best thing that you can do for your children is love their mother. There's so much more I could have shared with you. We make dua to the Almighty Allah. Allah Ta'ala grant us barakah in our marriages. Allah grant us barakah in our homes. And like I said, you know this web of immorality, you're driving down the road and you see the billboard of the most seductive woman. You know, I always say, this is a package that is put together. 
That is the nose of one, the eyes of a second, the ears of the third, the cheeks of the fourth, the chin of the fifth. They package it together and there your mind is blown away. Your mind is blown away. Allah Ta'ala preserve and protect our marriages. Allah Ta'ala you know, grant us the tawfiq and the ability that we imbibe, we infuse and we internalize these amazing advisors of Quran and Sunnah. Inshallah after the khutbah and the salah there will be a nikah that will be performed.